welcome to hey great shot this is the great shot podcast brought to you by crack rackets my name is alex gruskin max rothman is i believe off in aspen seeing his grandparents so he could not make it for today's australian open preview rest assured he will be here throughout the next two weeks as we explore what will be a very exciting 2019 australian open filling in for him as he usually does is the third member of the great shot podcast holy trinity and that hurt to say with fligner right in the background the former Denison men's tennis superstar, and of course, the only human I have ever met who's texted the word crud when he messed up something, James Foster McDonald. Jamie, hey, great shot. Well, first of all, I don't really mess things up, so maybe that's why you've never seen it before. But hey, crud, that's fine. That's fair game I think only like eight-year-olds say the word crud. Okay, sorry, I'm not too vulgar. I'm just like saying, you. Like, I don't know. I don't know what you want. When we have Fligner to do the edits, it's don't don't say crud. Well, man, you're you cuss. You <laughs> must be cooler than me. That must just be it. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. It's, they don't do that out in the plains of Kansas. Uh, but but Jamie, this is your first appearance on the Great Shot Podcast of 2019. There's been a little bit of tennis so far. Any opening thoughts before we get into the Australian Open coverage? Uh, not too much. I'm excited to see the first major kickoff. Um, the guy I've been following most so far, Simon, the Frenchman, man. I, I told you this a couple you're weeks ago. You're doppelganger. I was looking. At, you're not wrong, but I was also looking for the veteran French crew to to, to I don't know to take storm of the ATP this season. I, I think they can do it. They've got a good crop of them. You've got Gasquet, Monfi, Simon, all these guys. I, I don't. Sanga is back and looking a little more healthy. You know. So that's my excitement for 2019. Well, this is how I'll do the early plugging. If you listen to the Stock Up, Stock Neutral, Stock Down latest episode of the Great Shot Podcast, we talked about Sanga in our Stock Up. He did look really good. Simone has also looked good so far in 2019. You know, Monfils, I believe, is coming back from injury. We haven't seen much of him yet, and we will talk about him during this Australian Open. I don't know if he's a guy who can really do any damage. Of course, for Sanga, second round, he's got a matchup with Djokovic, so that's always tough. A guy we did talk about in the stock down portion, Luca Pui, he has not looked good so far in 2019. So that Davis Cup prediction of yours, it'll be interesting to monitor. It's not a bad no, bet, no, no, but no. you amended that. You remember, <laughs> you 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 made me say that. You asked for a prediction. I said throughout the season, I think the that crew of veteran Frenchmen are going to look good. And you're like, how about I make that the Davis Cup? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, fine, whatever. So. Don't, don't pigeonhole me there. <laughs> That's fair. That's a good point. But before we get into the Australian Open again, if you have missed anything so far in 2019, if you want to get ahead on your college tennis coverage with that season kicking off this weekend, go check out our website, CrackedRackets.com. We've got a wonderful team of writers, of editors, producers putting together some wonderful work for the 2019 season. Obviously, we'll have a ton of content coming your way throughout the Australian Open, so just set it as your homepage so you don't miss out on anything over the next two weeks but Jamie let's get into it we're going to keep this preview on the shorter side I feel like for the U.S. Open we did a little bit too much going into depth with every quarter and this time I kind of just want to look big picture of course throughout the week we'll be able to break down individual matches and talk even more about the guys we think look good the guys who have taken a step back but the first question I think we should address you know the draws come out and of course that's what everyone's looking at they're looking at the best first round matchups they're looking at who's got the toughest paths are we going to see Federer Djokovic Federer Nadal Nadal Djokovic 
I want to ask you, of the four quarters of the draw, which is the hardest quarter? The hardest quarter. So when I look at this, I think it's the Zverev quarter. Um, I completely I agree. Is... Look at this. 2019, we start out agreeing. Wow. That is surprising, to say the least. I mean, it is just absolutely stacked. Like, you can't get through any two rounds without there being some danger. Even for Zverev, you know, he's going up against veterans. You know, you've got Walrinka in this. You've got Kyrgios playing Raonic first round in this. You've got Chorich, who when he's in form, you know, you never know. I mean, you just have so many people. Then you have team coming up the bottom side of it. You know, it's just this is a stacked quarter, and it's kind of a nightmare for the four-seed Zverev here. I completely agree with you. You look at some of the names in this draw. Uh, you look at this quarter, the seeds. You have Dominic Team, the 7 seed. Borna Chorch, the 11. Rayonich, the 16. Chechenato, 17. Hyun Chung, 24. Luka Pui, 28. Jill Simone, 29. But then you get into some of the unseeded guys in this quarter. Stan Wawrinka, Jack Sock, who gets in as the wild card. Nick Kyrgios, Sam Query. The thing I like the most about this draw is it could go one of a thousand ways, right? And I think that's what makes it the most interesting, the hardest to pin, certainly, because there's no guy. I mean, you still think Zverev's the favorite to get out of this quarter, right? At least I do. I've got team in my draw. Really? Give me the case for that, because that's another guy I was stocked down on after the first week. And again, it's the first week, so take it with a grain of salt. It is the first week, and so that was a little discouraging. I had kind of already had my mind made up that I was going to... I was going to make a point to choose team to break through at, uh, at all these big <laughs> Can tournaments. Can I just so, say, and I don't mean to cut you off, but that is the worst strategy, and I think your bracket is going to pay for that on Tourneytopia. Don't, oh, probably do, will. Don't think with your heart. You have to think with your it heart. probably will. No, I like thinking with my heart. Well, it was heartbreaking watching some of his performances <laughs> and just... I love team game. I think that's more of, more of it than anything. It's not necessarily that I'm so like heartfelt about it. It's just I love watching him play, and when he's on, he's one of the most electric players to watch. Um, and so when I, but it, it's not only that. But if you look at his, you know, he's the bottom half of that quarter, right? So he's coming up, and he really doesn't have that big of a challenge on paper. I mean, he hits Pui as his first seed, who we just talked about was not looking very good. After that, he hits Chorich, who. I think he's better than just from the ground and just generally speaking he's got more experience then after that he's got either Zverev, Vavrinka or whoever comes out of that oh like, my gosh I could have told matches. I could have told you you have Stan Wawrinka in the fourth round don't you mm-hmm. okay so I, I, I don't mean to cut you off but just to follow up on that point uh, you look at this portion of the draw Zverev what we've seen in so far in 2019 he, you know he won his first three matches then lost to Fed at Hopman Cup he didn't really look like he was trying. I feel like no. I feel like he has a very winnable early couple of matches. You know, he matched up first round with Bedene. Yep. That should be a comfortable win. Then he gets Jeremy Chardy, who has gotten hot towards the end of the year, now solidly in the top 50, a guy we saw at Labor Cup, a guy I personally got to meet at Stowe, so maybe I'm just biased now towards him. <laughs> but those are, t- you know, he's got Chardy or Humbert, the young Frenchman who, you know, earlier this year is playing on the challenger circuit. Those are two very winnable matches. Alex Virov should coast to the third round. Yeah. For me, where this part of the bracket gets interesting, I have Jack Sock going to the third round, and I feel like I'm going to regret it. I, I'm ready to regret this pick. But you look at his portion of the draw. He's got Alex Bolt, uh, who the wild card from Australia, who I believe just wrote a piece on the ATP writing about why he stopped or he's happy he didn't quit. You know why he had to quit for a little bit, but then he came back mm-hmm. to the game. Um, yeah. So you think Jack Sox got a chance with that? He's then <laughs> and he's then got the winner of Bjorn Fortangelo and Jill Simone. You know, Jill Simone is a guy who 
will be relentless. He's going to continue to you know be in every point, but he's not going to hit through Jack Sock. If Jack Sock plays as disciplined as he should, maybe not even as he should, but as he needs to, because this tournament is so important for him. This is a very winnable portion of the draw and I'm, I'm gonna put it you know take a leap of faith here I think Jack Sock knows how important this Australian Open is to his 2019 season he needs to get some points solidify himself in the top 80 so he doesn't have to dip down to the challenger tour I see him getting to the third round against Zverev and I just think that plays right to Zverev I think he then gets to the fourth round um, easily I'll get back to that next portion but talking about Stan Wawrinka what an interesting first round match for him. He's got Ernest Golbus. You know, th- yeah, Wawrinka has a tough draw. And then that's a tough draw. And then he's got the winner of Kyrgios Raonic. Yeah, he does. He's got a tough draw. I I don't deny it, but I don't know. There's something I, going against people who have won these slams is a tough call for me. You know, and that's not to say I don't think Zverev is the favorite because I do think he's the favorite when you look at this on paper. Ending his 2018 in great fashion, you know, Hotman Cup, you can't really gauge much off of that anyway. But, you know, he's looked fine. You know, there aren't any big things to worry about with Zverev. He's the favorite. He's the four seed, and he's young. Like, he's the favorite on this. And so, you know, when you look at this, even if I take Vavrinka or team over Zverev, if we're talking clean-cut favorites, I'm still saying Zverev. But in my bracket, I might put team. Well, uh, fun question for you on this subject, and then we can move on to the next quarter of the draw. But Jack Sock, Nick Kyrgios, who goes further? Ooh. I think Kyrgios has the chance to go further. I think Simone, wow. Simone actually looked pretty good. Because... Are you serious? That's the take? Yeah, well... I think Raonic I mean, is the we're... worst possible Kyrgios well, matchup. He's going to get okay, so okay, okay. bored. So here's this. Well, yeah, I mean, that's fair. But here's this. If they get out of their first rounds, because comparing Sock and Kyrgios first rounds is not even fair, in my opinion. Like, they're not even close. So if they do, if we're talking about from scratch, I think if you're playing well, the odds, you, have you gotta to, go Sock. Well, you have to start because from he's scratch. Playing a wild you have card. to win the first round match to get to the second round. Cool. I'm saying, I'm saying, like, if you look at this, if Kyrgios is playing well enough to beat Ronich, he will go further than Sock, undoubtedly. Oh, hey, great shot to you. Right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Warrenka's tough. I have Warrenka taking out Rayonich. I think that's a good matchup for him. It won't be a guy he gets physically too stretched against. It'll just be a big banging match. You know, Warrenka will just have to hold serve. I think he'll be able to do that against Rayonich. Oh, I said I was going to. Well, we'll talk about them in the next gen portion so we can move on from this quarter. Jamie McDonald, the next thing I'm going to ask you for, your easiest quarter of the draw. I think that's the Federer quarter. Oh, I'm happy. We have a first disagreement, but give me your case. Okay, well, I mean, you look at this. It depends. I don't know. It depends whose perspective you're looking at this from. If you're looking at it from Federer, I mean, he's got Istamin, then qualifier Dan Evans, legend. Then you got Monfi. Nobody, I mean, everybody knows that Monfi really hasn't been able to crack it against the top, you know, three, four guys. Then he's got Tsitsipas, who has looked very good, but, you know, young versus veteran. And then he probably plays Chilich, who he's owned in head-to-head or catching off. So I, I think for him, that's the easiest quarter on paper. Um, you know, it's still a dangerous – all of these – I mean, it's, it's a major. So no matter what, somewhere in the Australian Open, there are going to be tough spots. You know, he's still got Chilich. He's got catching off. He's got Tsitsipas in this. Um, but looking at this compared to other quarters left, like the Nadal quarter, I think the Federer one is the easiest. 
I'll say this about the Federer quarter. My two favorite first-round matches, maybe even my three, reside in it. In terms of Mackie mm-hmm. McDonald versus Andre Rublev, I'll be glued yep. to that. In terms of uh, Cam Norrie, Taylor Fritz, I'll be glued to that. Uh, and I would even add, obviously, Murray Bautista Goot, but yep. I, we don't need to open the Murray can of worms. True. I, I have the Fed quarter as my second easiest, only behind the Novak Djokovic quarter. I just think, how are you going to bet against Djokovic at this point? No matter what quarter he's in, it, well, that's, it, that's not the question, well, is it? But, but so, is, is that the question? But so you get because so comparing Djokovic to, is the favorite. That's fine, but comparing the two, if you are a top guy, who would you rather face at this point, Chilich or Nishikori? Uh, I mean, at quite a slam? honestly, I'd probably rather play Nishikori. I, I mean, Chilich is the only one who's won one. I agree. Chilich is also the guy who got to last year's Australian Open final. You know, he's the guy in the Fed portion, so that's challenger number one. Challenger yeah. number two, would you rather face the, the tier of Kachinov and Tsitsipas, or would you rather have guys like Medvedev and, she- or Medvedev and you know, Fognini, Shapovalov, Goffin? Medvedev is interesting. Medvedev might be on that Kachinov, Tsitsipas level, but I think those two guys... You know, make the Fed portion so much harder than the Djokovic portion in that there are four guys, in my opinion at least, who could legitimately win that Fed quarter of the draw. It's just difficult to look at because if you're looking at it from Djokovic's perspective, and the same thing is like if I'm looking at it from Federer's perspective, but if you start in the middle, I mean, look at the names you have even in Djokovic's. You've got Sanga coming through as a wild card. That's dangerous. You've got Shabovalov. You've got Gofen. You've got Medvedev. You've got Fognini who can basically do anything See, anytime his head's in it. I think Fognini was a young— like, This is getting ahead know. of something we'll have on our website later on this week, and I think it's actually we're going to have it on Monday, but— I think Fognini's in for an early exit. I think second round, Nicholas Jerry, a guy we saw beat Chilich at the end of last year, a guy we saw make a fourth round at Wimbledon last year as well. With his big serve, his big forehand, Fognini is 1-1 one one on the year, did not play well. Um, I think it was in Brisbane or Sydney. I like the young guy in that matchup. I just think he's going to give Fognini fits. That Australian Open heat, the big serve will get to him. I like him for an early upset. I think Medvedev's been playing outstandingly well. I think yeah, he's going to make the fourth round. I think he'll beat David Goffin in what could be an interesting third round if they both get there. I just think with Fed... All right, let's, let's use this to transition into our next question, which is, of course, the biggest question heading into every major, it seems like, for the past five years. Which member of the big four, you know, we'll subtract Murray, but we're going to add Zverev into this case, the four quarters, you know, the four top seeds, is most likely going to lose first? For me, I have Roger Federer as the second big four member, I think, or top four seeds, we'll say, instead of big four. I have him as the second guy who's going to lose. I think he loses in the quarterfinals to Kachanov. I, I mean, I, that's in my draw. I have Federer winning it, but I do have that match happening. Um, and it, it is a dangerous spot for Federer, don't get me wrong. So this is the thing. This is like if you go in with your mind or your gut. With my gut, I think Federer is the most likely to lose first, which, right, like when you look at it on paper, it's confusing because you're like, wait, I just said that that was the easiest quarter. I still stick to it, but Federer, I mean, what, he's 37 now? By like, default, doesn't He's going to have his days. But by default, doesn't him not making it make it a tougher quarter? Like, how can it be the easiest? No, because I'm saying, I'm saying because it's on Federer. It, it, like, oh, I disagree. The locus is on, the locus is on <laughs> him. It's not about the people around him for me. Because if Federer's on, it's not going to matter who's around him, should, second tier, third tier, you know. Another guy, me, though, in just, the Fed quarter who we haven't mentioned, Roberto Bautista Agu, the number 22 seed, who beat Djokovic. Playing great already. tennis. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's another threat in the Fed quarter. I'm not saying they're not threats. 
I, I, I'm saying I'm saying that Federer has a greater chance than the other members of the you know Nadal and Djokovic camp to just have an off day and lose one. Based on the draw out of these three, I think Nadal has the toughest. Oh, see, I think I think there's a big chance he he has to get through a lot. He has to get through a Dimenauer. I'm he so has to happy. Get through Schwartzman. He has to get through Anderson or Dimitrov or Isner, whoever gets out of that part. You know, he's he has a lot to get through or Burdich. You know, well, I'm so happy you said this because my second toughest quarter, and again to rank them, I have it going: Zverev one, Rafa two, Fed three, Djokovic four. From hardest to easiest, I have Rafa losing third round. Him, the first of the big four, the top four, to fall, losing that match to Dimenauer. I know that is a bold take, but let's big look take. at let, let's look at the evidence we have thus far. Obviously. You know, Dimenauer's run in Sydney, miraculous. He he plays incredible tennis. He knocks out Seppi in the final, which is not the toughest opponent, but you just look no. at the level he's displayed so far this year. You know, he beats Simone, he beats Thompson, he beats Opelka, he beats Lajevic. You look at Brisbane, he beats Thompson and Papyrin before he loses there uh, to Sanga in what was a good match. I think he got a little bit physically stronger, and I think three out of five, there's no person you, you you know want to play less than a guy who's going to track down every single ball, and that is Alex Dimenauer, especially in that 100-degree Australian heat, which, you know, he's an Australian. That's what he's been training in the past month. True. No, it's a, that's a tough matchup for anyone. Uh, nonetheless, you've got Nadal, who there's always a question mark with his, you know, sort of physical Which is state. The, I mean, you I'm never glad know. you bring that up. You're, what, we haven't seen, you know, he played in Mubadala. He lost, right. I think, to Anderson. I, is that correct? Yeah, I think Anderson uh, was the one who knocked him out. I don't know. I will look that up. Um, you can look it up. But then he, reti- <laughs> you know, he didn't play the third place match against Kachanov. He retired. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to test the knees. Now, maybe that's a very smart play, but it could also mean, you know, that Rafa's still a little bit banged up. And just, right. if you're not feeling physically fit, the, if your ball, uh, you know, your game relies on so much physicality, you don't want to play Alex Dimenauer. And no. some of these, one of these top seeds are going to fall. It always happens. And the thing I don't like about my Topia is I think I have too many seeds moving far. I think Rafa yeah. of the big four, I think he's the most vulner- vulnerable, even more so than Federer against Kachanov. So I think this, so this is what my, my notes for this one was basically that based on the draw, I think Nadal is in the most danger, but based just solely on you never know what's going to happen when you're 37 and still playing out here, it's Federer. That's, that's how my mind has it. That's sure. how I had to separate it. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. And you look at Federer's draw, it's not exactly the easiest thing in the world. You know, starts out with Istomin, who beat Djokovic a few years ago, first round at the Open. Then he's got the winner of Ito and Evans. That's a, you know, nice Two match qualifiers. for him. Then I think, you know, you probably have Montfis because you're trapped in 2008. But I think the winner of that Cam Norrie-Taylor Fritz match is going to be the guy who gets to that third round. And I think it's going to be Cam Norrie. I don't have my heart set on that yet, but I think it's going to be him. He just beat him last week in Auckland. Mm-hmm. And I think Noria as a lefty, with his physicality, the way he likes to extend points into the outer thirds of the courts, I think he's going to you know, test Fed physically in that third round. Now, I, I think Federer's going to win that, but then he matches up in my draw against Tsitsipas, and that's another tough one. They just played at Hopman Cup. That's a 6-6 six and six match. Who's mm-hmm. to say Tsitsipas doesn't test Federer again? And after two physically you know, dawning matches to have to match up with Kieran Kachanov, that's where I, I think he's vulnerable to lose. Now, I give Federer the benefit of the doubt the first you know, two matches, but I think he—I don't know if he's still got that in the tank, so that's why I think he's the second most vulnerable 
for Nadal, I'm. It's all on. Like I, I should say for Federer, that's why I see your case of why he could be the most right. vulnerable. But for Nadal, I just I haven't seen him play yet. I've seen Dimenauer. Someone yeah. needs to be upset. This is my pick. All right, I'll, I respect it. All right, what about Zverev and Djokovic? Are we putting Zverev in the in the big four category? Uh, I changed That's... it to top four because I. Oh, I, okay. Uh, I was like, whoa! Yeah, I didn't want to bring up the Murray stuff. No, I was about to say, yeah, we don't need to. We don't need to start crying here. <laughs> um, well, I mean, well, that changes the question a lot because in my bracket, at least, I do have Zverev going out. I mean, he was in. He has been in great form, and he's probably a safer pick. But I do have him going out to either Vavrinka or a team. So, but not until what the fourth round, fifth uh, quarterfinals, fifth round, whatever. Fifth round, yeah. Um, that's interesting. But that'd be team, yeah. I guess, I know where your Djokovic take is going, so we can hold on to that one for a little bit, but let's do the next-gen guys real quick. Um, because yeah. you have Zverev, you said, going out quarterfinal round, a.k.a. the fifth round. I'm, my boldest takes in this draw, and when I was filling out my t- Turnitopia, I have never been less sure about a draw. Max and I have talked in previous episodes about what the parody is going to be like on tour this season, how it seems like any guy on any given day can beat anyone else just because everyone's level is so similar right now. You know, there's not as many standout guys. We have seen Federer declining, you know, plus he and Rafa just don't play as often. Neither really does Djokovic at that level, so anyone can win on the 250 level. I should say level one more time. Um... I just think eventually one of these young guys is going to break through at a Grand Slam. It just has to happen by percentage of how yeah. many of them are now it in does. the top 20. It, it does have to happen. It's just a matter of when, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and so the longer we go, the, the percentage goes up. I mean, that's that's yeah. kind of a given. And so without giving away my Turnitopia completely, the four next-gen guys I have making the quarterfinals or farther, I have Alex Dimenauer making the quarterfinals. Like I mentioned, I think he's going to take out Rafa. I think he then beats either Kyle Edmund or Tomas Burdich, whoever wins that first-round encounter. And then I think he loses to Kevin Anderson in that quarterfinal. Anderson, a guy we haven't talked about much. But he's playing as well as anyone. You know, he was he was dominant. He's already won a title this year on tour. He just looked. He's pushed Djokovic to three sets in Mubadala. He looks good. Um, I have Borna Choric making the quarterfinals as well. I think he's going to take out uh, both Darcis, Fuksovic, Chechenato. And I guess Dominic Team. I'm not confident on Dominic Team. Yeah, making the fourth round, but I think he knocks him out there and then loses to Zverev in the quarterfinal. I have Alex Zverev making the semifinals. Uh, you know, beating Jack Sock, beating Hyun Chung, beating Chorich, and ultimately losing to Djokovic. But the next gen player I have going the furthest, and I'm all in on this take, as you can tell. Karen Kachanov, winner of the Paris Masters, which is obviously freshest, uh, the most, or the freshest, the, the most fresh, however you want to say it, tournament in my brain, making the finals, knocking out Anderson in the semis after he has already taken out Roger Federer and losing to Novak Djokovic. I think Kachanov's just the guy. Physically, is there anyone, maybe Dimenauer, but is there anyone you'd want to play less than Karen Kachanov? I just got to stop you right there. So half of your quarters next gen i mean these guys are a little bit older now but yeah these are all guys who at one point played in i was making sure we're all right there (laughs) no i I, 
I, that's bold. You have to I respect that. it, but that's bold. When you do it, you have to be different. Otherwise, you're never going to win Turnitopia. And the thing that made me most upset and why I went with the Djokovic, pitch, uh, Djokovic pick this time is because I, you know, you can be leading the entire you know, first four rounds, and then if you don't get the champion pick right, if the point spread isn't big enough, that champion pick is worth so much more. True. So I'm playing True. it safe with the Djokovic uh, pick there, but something has to give. I mean... No, and you're right. Three I mean, out of five. Sorry, I, yeah. You're, no, you're right. And earlier, too, when you were, you were asking, is there anyone that you would want to face less? I mean, that you make a good point. That is a nightmare matchup, you know, and especially as these younger guys get more experience, get bigger results under their belts, grow more confident, and, you know, they are more dangerous, especially to guys who are on their way out in terms of their career. I mean, that that's the way of, that's the, way of the sport. Um, and so, yeah, it... Kachanov is more dangerous and more dangerous, and throughout 2019, I have no doubt that he will um, become even scarier to the veterans on tour as we progress. You know, tour, we're probably going to have a similar. Hopefully, we have a similar discussion when when it comes time for the U.S. Open as well. Look, we talked about it at length in previous episodes already in 2019. Kachanov, he ends, he starts the year in 2018, ranked 45, gets up to number 11, goes 46 and 22, but won two of his last three events, winning in Moscow, winning in Paris. You know, guys he beats during the year. He beats Medvedev, Zverev, Team, Djokovic, Isner twice. I mean, Nishikori beats Pui, beats Burdich. He can play with anyone. And three out of five, I'm, I'm, bare, you know, I'm sorry for repeating myself, it's a tall task to play him because he's physically relentless. His serve is a weapon. His forehand is a weapon. He's even added a serve plus one on the backhand side that seems to be working. I, I just think... This is the type of event where you see how fit our guys coming into the year, and I have no reason to doubt that he will be, you know, the fittest player left at the end of the two weeks, minus Novak Djokovic, who, you know, if he's ever going to catch Roger Federer in that twenty Grand Slam count, he's got to win this one. Fair enough. Yeah, I see it. All right, well, I see it. That's fair. Uh, any other next gen guys? You said your only guy. Your Zverev's going furthest. No, I mean, I had Hatchinov as well. Or sorry, Kachinov, as you say it. Oh, I like yeah. it. All right. I have him, because I, I have Zverev getting upset oh, yeah. by either Vavrenka or team. Yeah. But, I mean, it's always it's also really hard in this conversation. I, I never think to put Zverev in the next-gen conversation. He is. It, it's just, he, I know, but it's just not like, when I think of next-gen, I just don't think of him because he's been at the top of the game for a while now, um, and so it's, it's just different, you know, and he hasn't been competing in the next-gen events and so it's just it, there's kind of a disconnect, but if my, I mean you're right, he is age, based on age. You're right, he totally is. If my memory serves me correct, you were born 1996. Mm-hmm. He was born April 20th, 1997. So he is younger I know. than you. I know. I'm aware. He's younger than me too. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah. No, I know. I'm I'm 22 and he's younger than me. It happens. But uh, <laughs> we gotta I just it. never. I just don't think about it. Well, and you know he's. I mean, yeah, he has his moments of immaturity, but still, you just you just don't think of him as one of the like young guys, like I don't know. oh, trying to make it on the tour. Like, no, he is, and he's been at the top for a while now. I mean, he won the year end finals. You know, like it's just there's a little bit of disconnect there. But no, it's fair. He's in the next gen conversation, and he's definitely one of the guys who, on paper, as a next gen player, is going to go the furthest in this tournament. I think. And I think Alex Zverev's upside is still higher than Kachanov's. I think if we're projecting mm-hmm. these guys, he's the only one I see as a potential double digit slam winning type of player. 
and yet he just matched up with Novak Djokovic before, and I have no reason to doubt Novak Djokovic. That's why, you know, actually, before we get into those final predictions, let's do one other thing. We haven't talked about the American men. I believe there are 16, 15 or 16 American men in the men's singles main draw. You know, one of the one of my favorite acronyms, if not my only fa- you know good acronym out there, is the LAMP, the Last American the Male lamp. Player Standing. Something you like to predict before every tournament. Jamie McDonald, who is your LAMP? My LAMP, John Isner. Um, <laughs> Literally, I mean, physically. Yes, he is a LAMP. Well, he looks a bit of like a LAMP. I, um, when those Lacoste shirts were at their baggiest, mm-hmm. it, kind of like the little TP thing that rounds the light bulb. I don't know what that's yeah. called. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, no, it's Isner. Um, and, I mean, that's that's a pretty vanilla pick. But you look at the draw, too, and it's just he has the easiest draw for his skill level. He plays Opelka. Then, you know, he's either got a wild card or Fabiano. Then, you know, his toughest test would be Dimitrov, which, you know, Dimitrov could win that for sure. But Isner could also have a good chance of winning that. Then he's got Kevin Anderson. But by then, you're already talking fourth round and quarters. And there are a ton of Americans in this draw who just – don't look like they're going to be able to make it to the fourth round or quarters. I hate to say it, but I agree with you. I think no American makes it to the fourth round. I think Isner bows out to Dimitrov. I've already mentioned my Jack Sock pick. I think he loses to Zverev. I could see Dennis Kudla beating Diego Schwartzman, but then to have to do that and play the likely the winner of Edmund mm. or Burdich again, that's tough. I don't know. I'm high on Schwartzman. Schwartzman looks good. I know this is out of the American, well, out of but the this American is, conversation. What but, I'm saying is mm. even with that pick, you know, that's what makes it even tougher for Kudla to make it to, say, a fourth yeah. round. So with, you know, that being true. The sneaky pick I like, uh, Michael Moe. I could see him beating Radu Albot. I could see him beating Fernando Verdasco. You know, Moe physically, another guy, so yeah. gifted. It'll be interesting to see if he's ready for the three out of five. You know, I could see him making it to a third round, losing to Chilich. Um, Steve Johnson, another guy, he could beat Seppi, beat Jordan Thompson, lose to Anderson. But that's really it. I I, I don't see yeah. any guy. You know, I, would I don't love know to if see a sec- Harrison do it. Ryan, but he's got a tough he, draw. I think I have him losing to Vesely round one. Do you really? No, I I don't. I have Harrison winning that and then losing to Medvedev. But you look at it, and yeah, I mean, if he catches some fire, I mean, I'm not going to bet against Medvedev right now, especially against Harrison. Um, but you know, you look at that. You look, we talked a little bit about earlier, but Sock plays a wild card. Then he's got Jill Simone if he gets through that. I mean, I don't know. That's a third round. But yeah, like you say, if you're comparing draws here, Isner's the easy choice on paper. If the over under in Vegas is set at 0.5 Americans in the second round or in the second week of the Australian Open, would you take the over or the under? Ooh, that's tough. Because you're probably betting on Isner, or you literally need a sock to beat a Zverev, a Kudla to beat a Schwartzman. And no, a yeah, you're betting You're betting Isner gets past Dimitrov and at least gets to play Anderson, right? Yeah. That's what we're betting on here. Tough. Or Johnson Ooh. knocks out Anderson third round. But that's, yeah, that's, that's another not tough one. Happening. Um, and that, that for that to happen, Johnson would have to get through Seppi and Lopez. Um, mm, I don't know. Honestly, Isner has looked good. But I think I'm taking the under. I don't know. It's tough. I mean, Isner. That's a tough one. Isner was asleep at the beginning of last season, so he's already True. lost to Fritz. But at, he came alive. No, but he lost to Fritz at the beginning of this year already. I don't know. That's why it's tough to have him going past the third round. 
for me, it's a successful tournament for the American men if they have at least four men in the third round. If we don't get any to the second Oof. week, that's okay. But yeah, look, that's even tough. Building steps. We, I'm, I'm looking for 15 Americans in the top 100 at the end of the year. That's the long term mm. goal. Okay. All right. Long term goal from Gruskin. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Hopefully, somebody's listening. Yeah. Well, then I want to talk about our favorite day one matches to end this because this episode will be released as those matches are beginning. But before we do that, let's give our final predictions of this podcast i don't want to give away your bracket because the draw is still open but semifinals finalists champion predictions from you james foster i went bold on this one you ready okay you did not go bold you have dominic team you don't have anyone out of the ordinary in your quarterfinals i don't believe this for a second oh out of the quarters no but i have team winning the tournament (laughs) you're right that is bold so that's bold. The rest of it, not that bold. <laughs> but I do have a team winning the tournament. That's ridiculous. So. You, you just want to look. Hey man, that's a, that's sometimes tough. sometimes you just sometimes you just got to go for it. You know, you you were the one who said you got to be different. Now that's maybe true. that's different and stupid. But hey, you got, <laughs> at least I'm different. You can call it different and stupid if you want. But I've got Djokovic v Team, and Fed v Nadal, classics. Oh my god! So for jo- the Fed versus Nadal is so boring. Um, the Fed... Boring. Hold on. For Dominic team to win, he'll have to beat some combination of Chorich, Chung, Zvira, Verwarinka, Nishikori, or Djokovic, and then, yeah, Fed... Oh, my God. Federer or Nadal or Anderson. I don't know if I see that out of him. That one-handed backhand, I don't know if it can sustain that sustain Whoa. that much fire. Whoa. I don't know, man. End of the U.S. Open, who's playing Nadal? Mm. Hold on. Let me... That looked nice. Let me ask... That Fligner 6-0 over. first set? Fligner, Jamie took team to win the Australian Open. How do you think about oh, that? Oh, that's take? so dumb. Yeah, this is what that's I'm saying. So All right, Fligner agrees with me. it's not because of his one-handed backhand. Get the hell out of here. Okay, well, Fligner agrees with me for different reasons, but he... Bad take. That's That That one's a rough one. Can I get a went went wah Whatever, man. It's bold. It's different. I don't hate it, but... Uh, well, what do you want me to do? Be you and pick Djokovic to win well, it? I mean, come on. I just want you to... Like, well, like yeah, cool. Good job, man. Like, I, uh, <laughs> You're right. First time in my... Congrats. It's the first time <laughs> in my life I've actually ended up picking Djokovic. I had Murray there at the beginning, but then I realized, haha, just kidding. Um, I think Murray takes out RBA for whatever it's worth. I think that's his inspired match, and then I think he loses second round. Um... Look, I, I've already said, I'm high on Zverev and Kachanov. I think Zverev plays Djokovic in semifinal up top. I think Kachanov knocks out Federer, plays Anderson, who was obviously just beaten Dimenauer. I think we see a Djokovic-Kachanov final. I think those are the two toughest outs on a hard court in 2019. And I think they're the guys who will make it through this draw. And as my champion, as you mentioned, I'm not going to bet against Novak Djokovic until I see one of these young guys do it. Uh, I think this is Novak Djokovic's year to pad his stats. I think the hard courts have always been his best surface, and it you know, good luck to anyone trying to outlast him three out of five sets. I know it's not a bold take, but I think it's the right take. I think that's the guy you have to go with. Man, I just hope I just hope Team somehow pulls this <laughs> off solely so I can just berate you about the it. The Great Shot Podcast is yours. If that happens, seriously, you deserve it. Oh, let's go. All right. That's huge. I'm gonna, That's huge. <laughs> well, then, the last thing we're going to do on this episode, and I'll remind you again, we will be with you all week long. On the first week, we'll have daily recaps talking about our favorite matches from each day. In the second week, we're going to do it at the end of each round. It's just there's so much tennis at the beginning of the year. But, as I said, this will be released Sunday around 9 p.m., hopefully Fligner. Um, 
very passive. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I leave it in, though. Um, and, you know, the, some first-round matches will have already started. Jimmy, give me the three matches you are looking most forward to on the men's side in day one. Okay. So, here, I'll, I'll add one off that three, because I have this section in my notes titled Matches to Watch. And my one that I want to follow but I don't want to watch is Isner Opelka because I think it's important <laughs> to follow. But I do not want to watch it. Okay. Now that we got that out of the way, my matches I actually want to watch, Edmund Burdich, Batista Goot Murray, Chilich Tomic. Batista. I mean, of course, RBA Murray. I appreciate you putting that on that. That might have been for me. I also have Chilich Tomic out there a little bit. Yeah. Tomic is so fun to watch. And in Australia, Tomic is funny. he has an incentive to try. He's got the home crowd, you know. He's yeah. It's, it's it's I think it's the last match on of the night, at least as it's supposed Dominic to be scheduled. Dominic team forty to one odds to win the Australian Open. You are out Ooh. of your mind. Get out my get out my checkbook, Guess what, boys. Karen Kachanov twenty five to one. Yeah. Okay. Novak Djokovic six but to guess five. What? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Wow. You must feel real. You must feel really good about that bold <laughs> six five to odds I mean, on the you hedge out. every bet you make in this tournament with that six five Djokovic because that's the best bet you can make. Like for sure. If you can short Roger Federer, he's nine to two odds to win it. If you can do the opposite, say he's not gonna win, I'm not sure what the odds are on that. I don't see them. I don't hate that bet either. I think that's a sure thing. Mm, I don't think Roger a, Federer defense is tight. That's actually that's probably pretty smart too. <laughs> but hey, you know the Aussie Open, he's come out He's come out swinging the last couple Australian Open. He was one of my stock up from Hopman Cup. I was a big believer in Fed. We'll save the betting, though, for Kale. Um, I I like your favorite day one matches. There were a ton to pick through. I'd be remiss if I didn't say Rublev, McDonald, and Nori Fritz. Those are the two I'm obviously watching. Those are my two also on my list, but I knew you'd go for them. Yeah, that's very kind of you. Um, Edmund Burdich, you know, we mentioned it. That's one that could have big implications later on in the week. Edmund last year knocks out Anderson, who was the seed. Burdich, the old guy, this time unseated, coming against the seated Edmund. An interesting storyline. I think Burdich takes it. So does I Max do. Rothman. I'm too much invested in the Kyle Edmund stock. i got to stick with mm. him. It's too bad. I, I, All of your vanilla takes. Yeah. Mm. The other two sneaky matches I like, other than the ones you mentioned, and I know that's over the three, but Kesmenovic-Verdasco. I think Miomir Kesmenovic could make a Dimenauer-type jump in the way they're both so physically relentless. They track everything down so solid from the baseline. You know, Verdasco's no spring chicken. He's pretty old at this point, so that it, it'll Not be wrong. interesting to see in three out of five. And then Sandgren-Nishioka is going to be a battle physically. Yeah, that's a good one. I looked at that one, too. That is that is going to be a fun one to watch. I'll give you that. I am, that's a good one. Do you know Grigor Dimitrov and team have the same odds at 40-1? to 1? Wow. Kyrgios is 33-1. to 1. That's, that's a terrible bet. Do the exact opposite of that. Whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Easy money. Even if you have to bet a million dollars to win, like... You know, ten thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because he, I, that'll be where we end. All right, Jamie. Any final thoughts before we wrap up this preview? Uh, I just like to note that I'm making interesting takes for fun, and uh, you're, just, <laughs> you're just sticking with the favorites. That's what everyone needs to know. You're right. Karen Kachanov is the favorite at twenty-five to one. Uh, the odds don't. You picked Djokovic. No, what are you I know, about? but I'm saying Kachanov making the final. That's unique enough. Dim an hour over Nadal. Okay, cool. Uh, now I'm, you know the worst part is now I've owned these things, so I can't go back on them later on. All right. Uh, yeah, you're right. Now it's in the record. All right. 
fair enough. Well, then we'll leave it there. I need to give a huge shout-out to our super producers, Daniel Westhoff and Max Fliegner. Fliegner in particular, who's been coming up with a bunch of new sound effects as well as a new intro song for the 2019 year. And obviously him and Westhoff will have a ton of work to do this week as we try and get all of our Australian Open coverage to you guys. And be on the lookout for our podcast, this one, The Great Shot Podcast, as well as The Cracked Interviews Podcast. We will be throwing those at you all week recapping our favorite matches talking about the guys we noticed and just talking about all the biggest storylines that come from the majors first year and of course we will have jamie back on during that time we will have matt stokowiak the personification of tennis cocaine come on and for one of these daily recaps and of course maxwell Lobauer oh, the dan evans yeah. <laughs> had to get it in the dan evans yeah that's exactly. he's back on tour had to get yeah, it in. hey stokowiak <laughs> was a four star i it's a shame he wasn't at the retreat because i bet he can ball was he a four star because the cocaine? Or... <laughs> <laughs> four four star rating in the uh, longest yard prison rankings. In the old key bumps association, <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> exactly, but yes, we will have the whole team on, so be sure to stick with us. But from our entire team at Cracked Rackets, I am your host Alex Gruskin. Jamie, I know it's been a while, but what do we say to our fans? Hey. Great shot. Uh, 41 minutes, not too shabby, and we will see you guys through the rest of this week. Thanks. Thanks.